0: abide with me abide with me don't let me fall and don't This is the Influencers Network, and I'm Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to be the host for today's podcast. Um, here with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Good to have you, Rocky. Good morning. Good to be here. And uh, we're just continuing our uh, conversations about a number of different things, and uh, today we wanted to talk a little bit about what happened at our national gathering. Uh, we called it the National Summit. Uh, it, it happened over here in Northwest Arkansas for the first time in, in five years. Or we had uh, close to 300 guys uh, from all over the country come together, and, and we, uh, we just want to talk a little bit about what we saw there, and uh, it brings up a bigger point of what's going on with the ministry now. It's been uh, 16 years since that very first group of guys went on the journey, learned about abiding in Christ. Uh, figured out that we had this process called the journey that we really worked to help men understand abiding, help them become disciples so they could go make disciples. So here we are 16 years later and uh, let's talk a little bit about what, what happened. Rocky, uh, let me get your perspective as the founder sitting there looking at this thing that you said you never really had a vision for this thing being bigger than the first group. And tell me tell me your thoughts as you watched all that and what you saw happen there.
1: Well, you know, I uh, I think I could start that off by uh, giving you a a, a little insight into a conversation that I had with my wife last night because I shared with her that we've been recently having podcasts about the DNA of the journey Uh, and then uh, I began talking about the DNA of the ministry the leadership and she said "Well, what is the difference and and that's a good question because I think that the leadership of this ministry And the vision of this ministry has grown out of the DNA of the journey, which is what? It's about an intimate, abiding relationship with Jesus Christ. And that from that intimate connection, which we call proximity, grows out of that fruit. And that fruit is influencers. And the thousands of men and women that are part of this ministry. So you have to understand that when we began this 16 years ago, it was going public with something that God had been teaching already for several years and, and starting to live out and understand, and then started to invite more and more men into this. And, uh, and so it's always been about the journey. It's always been about proximity with Christ. That is our purpose. That is our mission so therefore we have never seen this as an event ministry we've never seen it as something that was really high on our radar now let's talk about uh, what we uh, or let's let's repeat what we said before and that is this is vertically oriented and not horizontally driven now this is important to understand because it'll give you an idea about how we see our gatherings need to be Um, we're not there to just comfort each other, although there will be comfort. We're not there to be accountable to each other, although there will be some accountability. We are there to go vertical. We're there to go to that deeper place of worship, uh, adoration uh, of our King and where he can take himself, have himself with our lives. And so that's our mission there. So whenever we, we whenever we gather these men, we realize their their needs. their are needs to make connection with other guys, especially those that are seeing and hearing the, the same things that we're we're seeing and hearing about this enemy suit Christ. We have seven different regions of this country. We also have men that are involved and women that are involved with Uh, or journey groups throughout the world, different parts of the world, in different languages throughout the world. Um, And so we'll get a cross-section of people coming to these things. And what's good about that, that it gives us a cross-pollination of of different ways of carrying out this mission that we have. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, DNA is, again, at the heart of that, and that is non-negotiable. But the form and the way we take that to our regions is flexible Uh, and, and it has to be because people in California are going to, they're going to kind of deal with things and look at things different from people in Memphis and vice versa. And people in New York or Maine or Canada are going to be different from Atlanta. And so we're giving them the ability to sense the best form to get to men and to develop uh, an interest into wanting to go deeper in the relationship with Christ. But the journey is consistent with all of them. That's the heart of everything we do there. So you know our uh, this 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 these cross sections coming in we had about 260 guys that were there uh, just a few weeks ago here in northwest Arkansas. We have had several uh, uh, leadership conferences before on the west coast in Malibu. Uh, We had to be very selective about the people we brought because we had a maximum of 120 beds that we could could allow uh, to be filled. And, uh, and they, were, they were monk beds, too. They were very small beds. <laughs> Not monk beds, monk beds. Monk beds. <laughs> we'll explain that later. <laughs> yeah, because most of our guys' feet hung off the end of them. But that's okay. Uh, but, the, uh, but we had wonderful accommodations here. We had, to, we had the ability to open it up and, and allow uh, our regions to uh, bring more people. And so there was an excitement I'd say 90 percent of them or more of those guys had had gone through the journey or are going through it. Um, They're at at some stage of heading in the same direction and since we're all headed in the same direction it just created some wonderful dynamics of not only our worship and fellowship but also just uh, having our breakout groups where people could get down onto some Talk about some real issues that's going on with these guys, and everything I've heard about it has just been like uh, a plus 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 plus. What's your thoughts on it? Well, I
0: was I was just I wanted to remind everybody that our theme that we came up with was uh, called All In, and and that really came from the story of the journey to the inner chamber. When the guy comes to the inner chamber and he says, "He who enters can only enter through personal abandonment and absolute trust." So we challenge the guys: Where are you? Are you? Are you all in? Are you there? Have you? Have you committed your life to Christ? And uh, we really kicked it off in a in a profound way with Frank Khalil, our regional director from Tulsa, who challenged the men. He was talking about the refugee camp, and he said you know maybe you are maybe you've been over the bridge and you and you would consider yourself a believer maybe you've been through a journey group but are you really all in are you really have you consecrated your life given your whole life to him and 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 we went outside there was this large bridge going over the creek mm-hmm. And we gave the guys an opportunity to walk over that bridge and make a statement to themselves and a consecration, a declaration to God. Maybe, maybe they were—they've never really given their life to Christ. Maybe right. they thought they had, right. or maybe they've given life to Christ, but they wanted to give him their whole life, the rest of their life, make him Lord of their life. Right. Uh, and that was—just t- talk about that moment. That was a pretty special moment, I thought.
1: Well, it, it was very special, and and I and there were people. There were various. Uh, Uh, commitments that that happened at that time uh, where some people really did make a declaration of faith for the first time and then a declaration of life for the purpose of God's use of it. Uh, Let's talk about that word challenge a little bit because I I find it very interesting because I think a question could be uh, asked and that is how do we see men nowadays, especially Christian men, and, you know, I've been involved with uh, mentoring and uh, uh, ministering to Christian men now for probably about 30-plus years. And, uh, and, I, and I don't have a Ph.D. in it, but I think I could because I, I know a lot of different men and I know their struggles and I know a lot of them are consistent but here's what I'm seeing about most Christian men in America. I think they're under-challenged. Uh, I think that they are under-equipped. I think that they are underutilized. And because of this, I don't think they know who they are or what they're capable of doing. And I read in scriptures words like more than conquerors. And I see something there that that is just courageous and bold. And I say this all the time, that I I think that that we probably are seeing the mission of what most Christian men think in America is to be uh, a nice guy. But honestly, I don't think that following Jesus is gonna make us a nice guy. I think it's going to make us a good guy. I think it's going to make us a good man. But I think we'll be dangerous. I think we'll be courageous. Now, what do I mean by dangerous? I think we'll be dangerous to the spiritual world that influences us. I think that that we will know how to take up the weapons of spiritual warfare. Uh, Our struggle is not in the flesh, is what the scripture says, but with... uh, principalities of darkness and that we're given these divinely powerful weapons for the destruction of fortresses but how many christian men in this country know how to use those divinely powerful weapons or even know what they are and so you know i i think that when we are able to really sit down with most christian men we found that there's a deep. We find that there's a deep longing within them to be that courageous man, that man that God wants them to be. They deep down want to to be that man, but they don't know how to get there. And see, that's one of the problems that I see with the way we are approaching Christian men nowadays in this country. That we're just saying, gather. We're just saying, come and let's just talk about a few things. Let's maybe be accountable to each other, let's nurse our wounds, let's talk about our issues. But how many of those Christian men are shown how to walk with Jesus? How many of them are shown how to have a daily quiet time, how to learn to self-feed? How many of them are, are challenged to see that they could be far greater than the man they are? If they were able to get in proximity with Jesus. You know, you think about David and his mighty men. You know, there, there were about 330 men, roughly, numbers vary, that, that were real, really tight in, in David's circle, King David's circle. And we know David was a giant killer. He was a warrior. But he had 30 men that was in his real inner circle, and they were called David's mighty men. And they were, I mean, read the stories on those guys. I mean, it was amazing, the feats of these men and what, what they did. And, uh, and you, you think about these guys that joined David, that they really were reprobates. They were castoffs. They were running for their life as well when they gathered around David. But when they gathered around David, they got in proximity of David, and they too became courageous they became mighty warriors like David. And that's the way it is with men who gather around Jesus. We began to be a lot like him. And by the way, he was the most courageous man that ever walked on the face of the earth. And that's our goal, is to Mm. be like Jesus. Mm.
0: You know, I, I, I can't help but think about the story when there were a lot of people following Jesus and uh, they saw him feed the, the 5,000 with the fishes and the loaves. They saw his power and they were just amazed at him. And then uh, he finally decided to cut to figure out who are the real followers and who are the guys just looking for him, what he can do for them. Yeah. And that's when he said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can have no part with me. And the crowd's thinned pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, and it it was just left with that small group of disciples. He said, "Do you want to leave too?" And Peter said, "Where would we go? You you have everything we want. You have the words of life." And I think I see this in journey groups, and I think we tried to portray this at the conference. Every man's going to come to a point where he's faced with this question: Will I follow Jesus, even if I don't understand Mm -hmm. it, even if I don't understand where it's going, even if it scares me a little bit, if it's mystical? I'll still trust him, but I, w- I want to go where he's going to yeah. take me. Don't you think?
1: Oh, yes. Well, well, you know, you make a valuable point there, and that is you were, you were telling the story about Jesus giving some of the worst things that these Jews could hear about. It sounded like cannibalism, didn't it? Right. I mean, right. And, they, and here's the thing about it. Jesus didn't explain himself. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just left it, on, left it out there. And even his disciples, he didn't explain himself. But later on when he was... Giving Passover, right before he was crucified, he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat in remembrance of me. This is my blood shed for you. Drink in remembrance of me. It was symbolic of his crucifixion. The lamb of God who was given to us, who was broken. Everything that Jesus taught, was leading to the cross and the resurrection and the redemption and a disciple of Christ is going to be confused oftentimes there's going to be a a mystery to God's will in his life but does he wait till he understands it to obey him or does he obey him and trust him because he believes that Jesus is the only way. That's a challenge that we have and unfortunately we water that down. Uh, and men have that watered down. We make it easy for them. We're getting to a point, there's a lot of easy believism out there, but there's even more easy discipleship out there. Where we try to make it convenient for them. Uh, where we do not challenge them to go deeper, to think more dear, deeply, to pray more often, pray more fervently, to dedicate their life more sincerely. No, we say just make it easy for them. Show up if you can. Come once a month. Let's don't, don't ask too much of them. If we ask too much of them, they'll they'll run away. They won't come back. Well, Jesus said, that's okay. Let them go. I'm okay with these 11 men who are going to sit here and they will be the foundation For my church. I'm okay with that Rest of them well, they can come back later, but these are the guys I'm gonna depend on And I think that that's where we've got to go with this if we're going to make disciples we've got to We've got to share the news that Jesus did and that is it will cost you everything to be my disciple it costs you nothing to be saved because I'm gonna pay the price, Jesus says, but it's gonna cost you everything if you're gonna come and follow me yeah. and be my disciple. That means all in, for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, and I don't think our message was watered down in any way at, the, uh, at our conference. It was consistent with our DNA. Yeah. And again, it, it, we just keep pointing people back to Jesus. He's the one who's gonna walk with them yeah. after that conference is over. He's the one who will give them the answers that they're looking for. Um, we did have a cool moment. I just want to mention, uh, it was your idea, Rocky, I'll give you credit, but uh, you had talked about when you'd been on an Israel trip and you got baptized in the Jordan River, what, yeah. what a special moment that was, that even though you'd been baptized before. Yeah. And so we wanted to make it available to, for a baptism service at this, uh, this location, had a, a creek mm-hmm. below the bridge, And it was a really neat moment when some of those guys, some who had walked across the bridge, made a public declaration and wanted to be baptized. Some had never been baptized their whole life, and this was a really big moment. Some had been baptized as babies or as kids, but it was a baptism of, I'm turning from this old life I've been living in, maybe... Uh, there was somebody who had a, a, an addiction to pornography and they, right. they were leaving that at, at our conference and they're moving forward in a new life. And, right. and we had a couple of guys who had some fancy drones and were filming the whole moment. And uh, we hope to put that out on the website cause it was really a special, mm-hmm. special moment. Any thoughts on that baptism?
1: What you what you saw? Well, uh, yes. The reason why I suggested it because it meant so much to my wife and me and, uh, My wife was raised in a denomination that uh, baptized her as a baby. Uh, And I I would say that they said it was a baptism, but I would say it was more of a dedication because she didn't know what was going on. And that's what she said. I didn't know what was going on. I was being baptized. And then when I was, uh, when she married me, we were in a, a particular church that to join that church with me, that she needed to be baptized so she was baptized not necessarily because she wanted to because she had to now don't take that wrong it was a good thing but at the same time it was not she was not quite, quite connected with the purpose of the baptism on the other hand i was nine years old when i was baptized so i kind of knew what i was doing but not really did i know exactly what it was all about i just did it because i had to so when we went to Israel, that was one thing that we had said that when we go to Israel, we would love to be baptized in the Jordan River. And we went to Israel in February, <laughs> and uh, February uh, in Israel is is kind of cold, kind of cool, and uh, and the water that comes out of the Sea of Galilee right there. There are several baptismal spots on the Jordan River, and we were right below it, and it's it's very cool uh, but there were there were several of us that were baptized and um, and it's interesting because when i went down there i was my my leg was in really bad shape and and i the two pastors are dear friends of mine and i told them i said if you don't get me up <laughs> i'll be here the rest of, from now on because i can't get myself up and they said don't worry about it we'll get you and so i uh they put me down in the water. It's pretty shallow there. It's interesting uh, that you have to kind of work at it. Um, but when they laid, laid me down in the water, I had my eyes open under the water and I came out and I saw the sun coming out of it. And it was the most thrilling experience for me to, to connect why I wanted to be baptized. It was to show the world that I'm identified with Christ. This is my testimony that I'm dead and buried and resurrected in Christ Jesus to live a life for him. And my wife had the same experience. So it's something that, that it meant so much to us. And, and that's why I brought it to the leadership attention that I would really love for there to be an opportunity for men at at our conference, that if they wanted to have the same thing that I did, uh, the opportunity to be baptized either for the first time or a renewal, that let's do it. And uh, I'm glad to say it it turned out really good, didn't it?
0: It did, it did, it was was perfect. so, uh another aspect and you kinda mentioned it was the breakout groups and we had twenty eight breakout groups with, yeah. with some really good leaders that we recruited to, to lead those groups and they were in my estimation they were like mini journey groups. Mm-hmm. And and it's amazing in a forty eight hour period forty eight hour period of time how close those guys could could grow and some deep sharing took place and guys mentioned struggles that were happening and guys came around them and and prayed for them. So really I think it gave people a picture of what a journey group could look like if they hadn't already experienced it, you know? So that was very, and like you said, it was guys from all different, we, we purposely mixed up the regions uh, in those groups so that they could meet guys from all different uh, walks of life and different geographical backgrounds. And so it was, that was, that was a neat highlight. Um, one one interesting thing happened, and I just I, I got to mention this. But uh, in years past, in our conferences, we did a live it out exercise, kind of. Mm-hmm. And this was headed up by our guys in, in influencers Bakersfield, because they love to they love to get guys out of their comfort zone and let them be put the, the you know put the skin of Jesus on them and go out and be Jesus, you know, right. to people. Right. And so we were out in the middle of nowhere at this retreat, so we didn't think we'd do a live it out exercise but those guys couldn't be stopped so some of those guys grabbed a van and uh, there were guys from all different regions in that van but they went to town this little small town in Arkansas and they were just paying for people's groceries they were buying people's Sonic meals buying gas for people just being a blessing Uh uh, in the name of Jesus it was really interesting and uh, and they came across a burned-down convenience store where this couple had just lost their store and their business two three days prior and they befriended them and loved on them, and it even invited them over to our camp for dinner that night. And all the guys uh, pooled their resources, and I think presented with three or four thousand dollars to yeah. just to help this family. And, it, and it's so blessed this yeah. this young couple. And the woman said that she'd been praying. For God to show her husband that there was more out there than what he'd seen yeah. in this kingdom of God thing, and uh, so did did you get to be part of that at all? Oh yes,
1: and uh, but you know, let me let me digress a little bit and talk about last year free hugs. Oh yeah, <laughs> free oh yeah, hug T-shirt. Yeah, but uh, uh, you remember again DNA here. What what is it we're trying to do with these men? We're trying to get them to have an inward uh, renovation and it will, be a, it will work itself in to out, out right. it will go from the inside out. This is the kind of thing we're talking about. I mean, uh, when, when people are getting excited about their relationship with Jesus, they're going to be looking for opportunities to share Jesus. And it's not going to be just words, Brian, it's going to be deeds, it's going to be love, it's just going to be kindness. Uh, last year, uh, our guys got this good idea that the people at uh, the different in Southern California uh, around uh, Venice Beach and, and Santa Monica Pier and various other places, they needed to have some men out there that had big t-shirts on that said, free hugs. <laughs> and so we put those shirts on, here you have 120 guys going all over the area. And these Californians out there are seeing these big guys saying, with a t-shirt, free hugs. And and, and it's amazing how they ran into our arms to get a free hug. They just needed to be hugged. Different races, different, uh, every difference in life. Nationalities, cultures, sexes, all of them. It's interesting with me, I'm 72 years old now. Back then I was 71. And, uh, and... Uh, the most of the the ones that came to me were were young girls, and they saw me as a grandfather figure. And uh, and some of them came repeats, and I realized that what an opportunity older people have with younger people. That just to give them a, a loving embrace or kindness or you know just a smile or encouragement, and so. Uh, when we were here in, in a few weeks ago, this couple that lost their store, they were outfitters. They they uh, they sponsored float trips down the, the river there. And they they lost their store, they lost everything. Now there was insurance obviously that was gonna cover it, but that takes a while. So what are you gonna do? You're out of cash flow, you're out you you've still got expenses and there's going to be time before you'll be able to get back to work. There'll be time before you ever get insurance settled. And so our guys were able to enter their pain. And, uh, and they gave a gift. And the, the wife said that she had been praying for a long time for her husband because undoubtedly he was not a Christian. And that she was hoping in some way, form, or fashion that Jesus would knock on his door and present himself to him. She said, I didn't know it would be a burnt down store mm. or a bunch of wild-eyed guys from the <laughs> conference center coming over there showing us his love, but that's how she connected it. Mm. There's a lot of opportunity around us if we're willing to, to go to it, but it, it needs to begin first in our heart. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to go
0: back to that because that's an important point. If, if we're doing the works, if, if we're starting with the works, we might miss it because it could just be doing it out of our own flesh or out of our own desire to feel good about ourselves. But if it comes out of an abiding heart, it's a different kind of deal.
1: Yeah. It's It's an overflow. It's inside out. Inside out. That's right. It's abiding in Christ. And if we abide in Christ, we will bear fruit. And that fruit is, it's, it's hard to describe. You just can't say it's one thing. It's multiple things. It's amazing what he does.
0: Well, I, uh, I, I just want to say we felt like it was a great success, and uh, it's going to be fun to see what happens in the future. We're, we feel like we're getting so big that uh, we may have to regionalize these conferences, you know, to allow more guys an opportunity to, to go to that in the, in the future. But overall, I would say also it was a confirmation. It would continue to be a confirmation of our message Because we saw those guys, they're getting it. They're resonating with what we believe God is showing us. Mm -hmm. And they were more fired up than ever to go spread the message wherever they are. And so it's going to be fun even in the new cities and and even just the connectivity with the guys. They feel like they're part of a larger army now. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, if you're out there listening and uh, you've never been through a a journey group, then uh, we encourage you to contact us. We'd love to help you get started, help you understand what this is all about. We have great training available, and uh, we have materials to help you start a journey group where you are. If you're out there and you've been through the journey, but uh, you've not guided a group, we ask you to pray about stepping up. There's people right around you that need to understand this. They they need this message. And so uh, I want to challenge you not to be stagnant. to to move out and and do the things that God may be putting on your heart. Um, We're going to keep doing these podcasts, and uh, we want to invite you into the conversation. And the the way we're going to do that is we're going to invite you to send us an email if you've got a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss on a future podcast. Uh, Maybe one day we'll have a radio show where people can actually call in live. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's that's dreaming a little bit big, but you never know. It might happen. But uh, send us an email at podcastquestions at influencers.org. And uh, it's podcastquestions at influencers.org. And uh, we'd be glad to take a look at that and see if we can incorporate that into a, a future podcast. But anyway, I'm Brian Craig. Uh, I've been the host here of uh, the Influencers Network podcast. And uh, we're just excited to, to keep talking and keep sharing and all the great things we're seeing God doing. So you guys have a blessed day, and uh, we will talk to you soon.